1: Andy Milton fan with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Nathan. Appreciate it. Which position group, not including offensive line, or tight end, is closest becoming you? Go Irish. Breakdown. BK, please go to U- Michigan. That's <laughs> it's, it's UM. Yeah, no, that's, that's what crossed me up. I was like, MU? Yeah. Monst- Monsters University? Uh, Are we watching some uh, Monsters thing right now? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a good qu- I mean, uh, oh, boy. CBU, C- C- if it keeps rolling in the yeah. right direction.
2: Safety maybe. U. DBU. you go, yeah, DBU if if you can keep rolling because you do have Harrison, you do have Kyle, you do have Alohi. you know it, it would take several years for that to happen. You know which yeah. one could could maybe end up getting their fastest Ryan, because there isn't right now an established team in my opinion now Kicker is you. running back running back yeah, running yeah. back yeah. just because you do have Kyron that's doing a great job. you know, say Audrey goes to the NFL and does well and then they they've the, the pipeline is there. That's one that maybe I keep an eye on, but, I mean, running back DB, but neither of them are anywhere close. Like there's a – there's it would take years to establish that. But to the earlier discussion, Ryan, if they can put together the DB class that you and I were talking about earlier, along with, you know, we expect Benjamin Morrison to be a high pick with what we think Christian Gray can be, with Bronte Johnson in the class, Xavier Watts has a chance to be a, you know, a, a day one, day two pick hopefully next year. I mean, you could see that going. And even if Xavier's not a high pick, if he's maybe a day two pick, there's still a chance he goes to the NFL and balls out. And that's what matters even more. You know what I mean?
1: But um, DB would probably be the closest. They devalue the safety position for whatever reason. So, yeah, it's. I mean, Kyle Hamilton was arguably the best overall player in his class, and he went 14th overall. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, it's different. It's different to be a safety in today's game.
2: That's what I would say. I would go with that. DB and running back would be my now i hope i hope i hope i hope that the answer to this question in five years is quarterback <laughs> that's my
1: well, hope but a while they're a long way away from that a long way yeah. away from that. Yeah. long, yeah. L- long snapper you long snapper you yes, we'll there, there you go
2: there you
0: we'll go yeah yeah yep. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: We had a question from Aiden Banami. When do the coaches get to rest? Is there a certain time they get to take off besides the one week in July? It's never ending, lol. It, it
2: is the, the honest. And I've said this before, Ryan. They they have to do something about this calendar. It, it is a demanding. It is
1: it's a demanding profession, Aiden. Way, week.
2: way, way too much. <laughs> way too yep. much. Uh, there are times, I mean, right after the season, there's a window where coaches will go away. There is um a, a period after the end of the season, like at the end of the spring ball, that like kind of like late, uh, I think it's might maybe early May, where they'll kind of get yeah. a step away before they get back on on the road and start having kids on campus. So there, there's a couple, and then also as you mentioned the 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 one week in July, late late in July when they're getting ready for camp, though a lot of them will go oh. away. So no, go ahead.
1: Iden, you're my guy, so I'm gonna call Brian Kelly and ask him when to take time off because he took a lot of it. So. Well,
2: for some coaches, they get way more, and then he yeah. would be he would be one.
1: When, 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 and or you know, some coaches take big time when uh, big time quarterbacks come on campus and they decide not to be there to go golfing. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they make time. You make time when you when you want to make the time. <laughs> right i'll
2: see today man i kind of dig it i kind of dig it a little bit especially it's, when it's, it's not no, it's me
1: it's no no heat in the household the uh the cold is making me up keeping me up so uh charlie weiss's last belt loop what recruiting battles do you think marcus Freeman would have won that brian kelly lost
2: oh gosh i mean deuce knight uh, cj carr i think the, i don't know that they would have got him with he was there uh jeremiah love
1: Oh no, I think I, mean, I think he's saying I think he's saying which ones would they have won if oh, was there in gotcha. Kelly.
2: Yep. Oh man, that's oh boy, that's hard to say. I mean I mean you can go through a bunch of linebackers over the years, some DBs. I mean, I, I think those are that's a that's a you know what, Charlie? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bail on this one. I'm gonna say, do me a favor, man, go to the message board and ask us on the message board and give me a chance to think through it. You know, because I I mean there's been a lot of defensive players over the years that you look at, you're like, man. I wonder if they could have got that guy. I wonder if they could have got that guy. I mean, like, here's here's first to pop of my head. I think about the two DBs that they lost to Washington. And you had – Trent. well, one, they one they were, like, not even really top five for them, Ky- but Like, you Kyler know, Gordon. Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon. They finished number two for Kyler Gordon. But then part of me is like, but Mike Elko was here that year, and he was a pretty good recruiter too. But but Mike, Mike – Marcus Freeman is a little different. Would he have been yeah. good enough to keep Kyler here? Maybe. You know, maybe. Um, here's one. Just popped in my head, Jalen McMillan. Hundred percent would have got Jalen McMillan because Jalen McMillan loved Chip Long, really liked Notre Dame, but he didn't think Brian Kelly wanted him here because Brian Kelly refused to talk to him. So I think that's one that I think they would have got. Those two off top of my head that uh, both went to Washington, by the way, those are yep. two that off my head I think about. But like some of the other top guys that they lost, like Nicholas Pettit, ferrer may, maybe, maybe him, but that was more about that was more about just Harry left. And like they were going to get him until Harry left, and when Harry left, it, Ohio State was able to to swoop in and and get him. But I don't think I I don't put that one on Brian Kelly. But maybe my thing is like even though I don't put that on Brian Kelly, maybe Freeman would have been uh, had enough to keep him. Maybe right. you know. Right. But you know again, I don't I don't blame Kelly for that. I don't know that Kelly lost that one as much as just circumstances kind of screwed him over. Just because of Coach Eastam leaving. Not that Coach Eastam screwed him over, but just the circumstances of him leaving and how that sure. hurt them. And the timing of it. So that's a good question, Charlie. I'd have to think about that and kind of go over you know, kind of think through over the years. But Kyler Gordon and and um well here's another one. What about Paulson Adebo? Would they have been able yeah. to keep Paulson a in the class if 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 Marcus Freeman was the head coach? Maybe.
1: Possibly. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. A question from Josh Miller. When Marcus Freeman wins a natty, if he is right, or if, sorry, if he left right after, would you be mad, happy, sad, or other? Be mad, well, happy, man. I haven't seen a national championship yeah, in my lifetime. Yeah. So yes, I'd be mad, happy. I'd be mad, happy. Uh, I, I would, my initial response would yep. be, he
2: earned it. I mean, he, yep. he won a title. He got you a title. Like, man, like Ryan you said you, you weren't alive the last time their name won a national title, right? And and so, because you, you were born in, what, 90? So two years after 91. it, right? 91, 91 three 92. years after it. And they should have won a title in 93, so you'd have been two the last time they won a title if if they would have got the one they were supposed to get. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that would be worth it. That would be worth it. Now, would I also be sad? Sure, I'd be sad after the fact, but it just would depend on who they hired to replace them. I mean, that that would be yeah. the big thing is, does 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 his success lead to the program being able to go out there and get someone that can keep the ball rolling? Okay. That, that you know, l- let me find out if they promoted I don't even want to say some of the names, but there's a couple guys on staff that if like they promoted that guy, I'm like, oh, no, please no. <laughs> you know, um, it just would depend on who they hired, but I'd I'd ninety five percent happy, five percent sad that he left. Uh nothing sure. about me would be mad. No. I mean, look. Yeah. He brought you a championship. He earned the right to, you know, go take an NFL job in that instance. Like if I'm Michigan, like I don't think they're mad at Jim Harbaugh for leaving. He got him a title, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure they would like him to stay, but he got him a title. And I do think in Michigan's case, there is a clear line of succession, succession there, in my opinion, Yep. with yep. Sharon Moore. If that was the case at Notre Dame, then I'd say, okay, I, I feel good
1: about that one. I'd be very happy.
2: This was a discussion that was going on on the board. Ryan, so NC Notre Dame fans said that he does not think that Nick Saban is the greatest coach of our generation because he said Bobby Bowden, Tom Osborne, and Jimmy Johnson never lost a title game forty-four to sixteen like when Dabo will beat Saban in that that title game. So let me just point out a couple things.
1: They also didn't win six national championships. Let, but let, all right. let me
2: just point out a couple <laughs> other things. First of all, your entire premise yep. is wrong. Because number two Florida State in 1998, what year was it? Was it 89? There was a year back then when Florida State was number two going into the bowl game, and they got destroyed by Tennessee. I think it might have been 95. Yes. No. 90, was it 96? 1990, I don't know. They got destroyed 35 to 7 in a bowl game. Maybe it's 89, 90, somewhere around there. Might have been 89. Actually, let me look. Was it 89. Uh, nope. In 89, they didn't win a title because they lost to Southern Miss. But in 1988, Florida State finished the year ranked third. The reason they didn't win a title is because Miami beat them 31 to nothing. And and, and also, if you want to go title game, number one Florida State played number three Florida in the Sugar Bowl, and they lost 52 to 20. Now, I'm not great at math, Ryan, but I'm pretty sure that that's a bigger margin of victory than the 28 that we're talking about here okay <laughs> yeah uh jimmy johnson absolutely had games like that uh in was it let's see 19 jimmy let me see i think it might have been his first year miami was ranked number 2 i believe going into a bowl game and got maybe they're the one that actually got blown out by tennessee uh let me go find it here yes it was 1985 they were ranked number two going into the bowl game in the Sugar Bowl against Tennessee. They lost 35 to seven. So again, another example, and I can show you plenty of years where Nebraska didn't win a title because they got blown out by somebody. So your entire premise is flawed. Now you can say you like those coaches better. That's fine. You have that right to say that. But to use this as an example is just I mean, it's just. It took me three minutes of a web search while doing a show to prove you wrong because I had a, a baseline understanding of no. I'm pretty sure that that's happened before. So uh, again, I mean, you, you you can deny it, but none of those. A matter of fact, if you counted up all their titles together, I don't think that they have as many as Nick Saban, because Tom Osborne won two, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Bobby Bowden won two correct jimmy johnson won one so they combined have five national titles i believe nick saban has seven total right six at Bama.
1: i believe that's right yeah and one so
2: i mean you can say that they're that they're better you can look i'm not going to sit there and say like there's a there's a A level of credit that I give a Bobby Bowden for just that long term of time of success, right? That's that he did a great job. I do not want. I'm not coming here to poo poo on Bobby Bowden because everybody has losses like that. I'm not here coming here to poo poo on Jimmy Johnson who was only at Miami for like four or five years, and and I'm not here to poo poo Tom Osborne who was a legendary Hall of Fame coach. But if you're gonna pick them over Nick Saban, at least don't pick a reason that's so incredibly wrong. Yeah, and provably wrong uh so uh that would be unwise to do and i also think you also have to consider that that nick saban did this during a time when he was in the most competitive conference in football like that also adds value it's like he beat up on a league that and just like so you get to the postseason and you've gone through all these battles and it's like an argument that that old heads in the nba like me have i used to have about like well yeah magic won more titles but by the time the the Celtics got to the finals, and they had to beat the Sixers and the Hawks and the Bulls and the Pistons. I mean, they're pretty tired and worn out where the Lakers just breezed through with a weak Western. You can have all those those discussions all you want, but the fact of the matter is Nick Saban did both. He not only played in the toughest conference in football, but he won, he dominated that conference for a decade and won national championship. So um, I, I, I'm not saying I necessarily like him the most, but it's hard to argue with the results, Ryan. Yep. I mean, it, it just is, and even their down years. What was the worst year you ever had at, at Alabama after year one? It was like a ten and three year back in two thousand ten. That was the worst year I ever had. So uh, you know, th- there's a lot of teams. I would I would happily happily take Marcus Freeman repeating Nick Saban's career over the next ten years.
1: Happily, and I remember would two, year, two years ago, everyone's like, oh, the times passing. Saban's like, yeah, eleven and two, two thousand and eight to two thousand
2: and twenty three. The lowest they finished in the AP poll was 10th. That was back in 2010. The next lowest finish they had was 8th back in 2019. I'll put it to you like this. If Marcus Freeman did over the next 15 years, what Nick Saban did from 08 to 2023, every person in this chat would be arguing for him to be the greatest coach of the generation. Everybody would. Yeah. And I would, I would, and let me ask you this. Would any of you trade, Mark, so for the next 15 years, if you could say I'll take Nick Saban's peak 15 or Tom Osborne's peak 15 or Bobby Bowden's peak 15 or Jimmy Johnson's peak five, which ones would you choose? I'm choosing Nick Saban's 15. That's what I'm choosing. I mean, that's a no-brainer to me. All right, next question.
1: Zach Martin, Ryan, and now now that we are a little bit away from each draft, as far as it comes to value, where do you think Kyron, Jeremiah Wusakormo, and Kyle Hamilton rank in their classes? I mean, I need to go back and look at their classes. <laughs> this is a little bit of a deeper mm-hmm. question. I, I
2: Zach, that's a good I, message board question that, for yeah, Ryan. That's, Seriously. That's, like
1: That's way too much in-depth. It's all Zach, off the top of my head, to be honest. I, yeah.
2: I do like the question, Ryan. I think it's a great, question. A great question. I just would yeah. encourage you, Zach, because I know you're on the message board. Do me a favor. Put that on the board, and then Ryan yep. can get that over these next couple of days because that actually would be a fun I'm sure you would enjoy kind of looking at that, Ryan, Re- and just kind of seeing what they were. The yeah. I mean, I, th- yeah. I, I think you would at least with Hamilton. Would you say that he's at least proven that he's a top ten player from that classic? Like he was clearly dropped a little bit uh, i don't know i'm asking
1: he's a top five player in that class okay yeah yeah i mean he first team yeah. all pro this year man And <laughs> he yeah. might be the best safety in the nfl yeah. right now and, so. and Kyron clearly has outplayed his draft spot obviously. yeah i i had a i had a mid-late second round grade on Kyron williams so i'm not surprised that he wouldn't five he's a fifth fifth round, round value round. yeah fifth round value smiles so
2: and then what about i haven't i mean i watched jeremiah play against Jock made Texans. a pro bowl
1: this year he made yeah. made the
2: pro bowl so, okay. so yeah he's
1: really good He's, he's been a little banged up the last couple of years, but he um he had a mostly healthy season this year and he made a Pro Bowl. So, yeah. Real good player. I dig it. Ida Banami. No way you scum is stupid to hire BK, right? That would be amazing. Would yeah, be I don't amazing. think they're that dumb. I would dumb. love it.
2: That'd be I great. would love it. I don't think they're that dumb.
1: I would love it. Patrick Bird, KD equals Mike Shula. Kalen
2: DeBoer equals Mike Shula. That's, um, yeah, huh. that's pretty, that's a, that's a, Patrick, Babe I love Tom. you, man, but that's a that's a rough take. Babe that's Tom. a that's a that's a really rough take, man. Um, Mike Shula had never been a head coach before. He wasn't even that accomplished as a coach at the time. He got that job for one reason and one reason, two reasons. Number one, he was a Bama alum, and number three reasons, he's Don Shula's kid. Yes. He's a Bama <laughs> alum. He coached yep. Amorino for a couple years. That's that's it. That like. Kaylen DeBoer is 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 a established football coach, who in I said this again in nine years as a head coach at whatever level he's been at, he's won three and national titles, yep. been a runner up twice, and out if you take out the COVID year where they went three and three, his worst year is nine and three, that's his worst year. Is, he took over a it, Washington team that went four and eight Ryan, and they went twenty five yep. and three the next two years.
1: I think is I, I, I'm i par- I'm trying to remember on the top of my head, but I thought it was his record as a head coach is like 102 and 12 or something like yeah, that. It's, it's like 104
2: and 12. 100, 100, 100, 100, and, and 12. And look, okay, okay part of it, fought, he was 67 and three at the NAIA level. Okay, fine. Sure, sure. But Ryan, he's 37 and nine at the FBS level in four years. Yep. And and that was because of it. There was a, the COVID year, they went three and three. In the next three years, they went nine and three, 11 and two and 14 and one like it's not even close, not even close. And and Mike Shula also was not very good at Alabama because he wasn't qualified to be head coach. Guys, look, Bama's not going to suck with Kalen DeBoer's head coach. Yep. Are they going to repeat Nick Saban's success? No, I don't care who they hired. But they're going to yep. be a very good football team moving forward. Will they be the best team in the SEC? I don't know. Some years, yes. Some years, no. Are they going to be a team that, to me, is a consistent top 10 football team over the next five, six years? I'm pretty sure of that. You know, because you're telling me he's not going to be able to recruit. Somebody said this, like, you know, um, well, uh, Washington has three losses if they're in the SEC this year. First of all, probably not. I mean, I think you're undervaluing Washington's football team. Probably not. And the SEC wasn't great this year. But number two, he'll never have Washington's roster in the SEC. He'll always have a better roster than what Washington had top to bottom in the SEC. He's just got to be able to find a quarterback, and I don't think that's going to be a problem at Alabama. You know? um, I think so. I mean, guys, he just took, turned Michael Penix into a Heisman contender and a and a guy that played in a championship game. I, I, they'll be fine. Yeah, that's a that's I uh, strongly disagree with that take.
1: Andy Milton fan Archer, how would you rate Ohio State's scouting and development?
2: So he asked Archer this, but I wanted to answer the yeah. qu- I wanted to kind of address that too, Ryan, because I I I yeah. wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. I I think that for for me, it depends. I mean, this is a much different staff at Ohio State than, we, than, than the ones that have produced a lot of the talent in the past, right? Like, I thought Ohio State's safeties were pretty decent the last couple of years. So they just fired the safeties coach, right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think their defensive development has taken a jump up because of Jim Knowles, in my opinion. I think their offensive development outside of receiver is, and running back is subpar. And running back, they've had some issues with health. But I think that their offensive line development has not been good. And I think a big part of that is not the O line coach as much as it's Ryan Day. I think their development is solid overall, strong in certain areas. I think their scouting is something that I look at and I say, you know, I, again, it's at certain positions, it's pretty good, or at least it has yeah. been. I think, I think Brian Hartline's not just a good recruiter, but he's a good evaluator for finding guys that fit what they do. You know, I mean, Marvin, guys, Marvin Harrison may be a top guy now, but he was not that guy coming out of high school. He was a borderline top 100 player coming out of high school.
1: There was you one know? platform that had him as like the 20 something ranked wide receiver yeah. in his class. So yeah. he's still 100 and something, but yeah. overall. But yeah. I mean, you had on three
2: ranked him 28th, which I still think is yep. bull crap because they did that retroactively. But yep. the three services that were actually a thing when he was coming out of high school had him ranked 80. ESPN had him the highest, uh, 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 interestingly. ESPN had an 82nd, Rivals had him 86th, and 24 7 had him 159th. He was ranked as the 13th, 15th, and 21st receivers in the country. Yep. But when you talked, when you when I when you'd hear from Ohio State sources, they thought he was a stud. So yep. they're not shocked by what he's become. But he wasn't ranked high. That's that's good scouting. They saw this kid that wasn't a top five star player and said, hey, we think this guy can, you know. This guy, this guy can be something. So I, I think they've done a pretty darn good job of evaluating him. Oh geez, they got five star players, but yeah, Ryan, you got to get five star players to fit what you do. Bo Collins was a top hundred player coming out of high school. Why was he not as good at Clemson? as he because I think it was a bad fit? It wasn't a good fit, in my opinion. And so um, I think they're good overall. Yeah. I just think there's some areas where I, I, their quarterback scouting, for example, in the last few years has not been great, in my opinion. I think that's a bigger issue than development for me. I'm not sure if you agree with that or not, but like CJ Carr was uh, CJ Stroud was obviously a great pickup, but since then I have not been a big fan of Ohio state's quarterback decisions.
1: Yeah. I, I I think like any staff, there's some that are very good at what they do. Some that are questionable. Cause I mean, the number one job is coaching. Right. And Mm -hmm. then after that, it's if you are also a great recruiter and a great evaluator, that's kind of where you become the, the full package, right? So, I mean, wide receiver, I think, is easy. Development's been great. Scouting has been great. Running back, for the most part, has been very good scouting. I mean, they, they were able to get, obviously, Travion Henderson and Dallin Hayden and Evan Pryor, although he's transferred now. Like, they've gotten some good running backs that room. I like the James Peoples kids that's coming in in 2024. I think that that's a good running back room in general. And I think that they've mostly been pretty good when healthy. It's just the health has been the biggest part of the Ohio State mm-hmm. running back room. I mean, yeah. Travion's been banged up. Mayan Williams was really banged up this past year. Evan, Evan prior the season yeah. before. Like, yeah. So running back, I think, has been mostly good, you know, as far as evaluation. I think has been good. Development's been hindered by some injuries at times. Quarterback, I agree mostly with. Tight end, I think, has been pretty good for the most part. I mean, you. You. You know, you ended up developing Kate Stover into a former linebacker that is probably going to get drafted in the middle rounds of the draft and is going to the senior bowl. So that's pretty good. Offensive line, I think evaluation is not uh, recruiting in general has not been very good. Development, I think, has been OK for as far as what you've gotten out of the players that you have in the room. But I don't think that the evaluation of the scouting is great. Defensive line, I th- I think Larry Johnson evaluates players pretty well, and for the most part, he develops them. The last couple of years haven't been as good as they were prior to that, mm-hmm. though. So developments on the trending down. Linebacker, I think, is better. I think you're finding linebackers, and I think that they you developed some guys that I think still Chambers is very talented. But like Tommy Eichenberg is not a great talent, but you got the most out of Tommy Eichenberg yeah. in the last two years. Cornerback, I think, was better this year. Previously, it was left a lot to be desired, but it was really good this year. And you're always going to get talent at corner. I mean, overall, and, and safety, I think, is pretty good.
2: And Ryan, I also give them a lot of credit for the development at corner this year because the guys that they did really well with this year are guys that I didn't think were that good in past years. Like, you always knew Denzel Berg had some ability, but like, he wasn't a very good cornerback his first two years, in my opinion. And he turned into a really good cornerback this year. And and yep. so I think they did a really good job getting the most out of him, too. He's very talented, but, like, he, he, whenever they played good teams his first two years, he, he'd have some issues. He was really good this year, like really good yep. One of the best year.
1: in college football this yes. year.
2: Yes. And so you have to give some credit to the staff for developing him and, and those other players. I mean, they had they had a young group outside of him, too. I mean, there's some young guys out there that they're playing. Jordan Hancock's, what, red second-year, first, second-year player? So they had some young guys out there. So I have to give them a lot of credit for what they've done uh, developing a cornerback as well. I do. All right. We're getting kind of close to the end, Ryan. Here's one from Cindy Mickelagic. I'm sorry, Cindy, if I did not get that right. I gave you my best shot at it. She says, I don't think the NCAA will care that Harbaugh is there or not. They need to send a message to every team or they might as well give in and disband. Cindy, I don't disagree with you that that's what they should do. But how many times over the last 10 years have we said, this is when the NCAA needs to make a statement. North Carolina is running fake classes for athletes. If they don't stand for this, then they, they might as well disband. And guess what they didn't. And this has been over and over and over and over again, that these things have yep. come about where it's like, if you're not going to step in and stop this, then what's the point of you being here? And every time they failed to do anything. So while I don't disagree with your premise at all, I, I, I'm with you. And, and I'm all for the NCAA going away. My only fear, Ryan is that you replace it with something worse. Because there's no guarantee that if you get rid of the NCAA, that the thing that replaces it's going to be better. Right? I mean, we see this all the time with business leaders, with presidents, with senators, with owners of company. I mean, hey, you got rid of this guy that was bad, and and you thank goodness, and you're like, yeah, but the, the replacement's even worse. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, so the, the key is replacing it with something that's 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 better. That looks more because like I don't want I'm not pro player. I'm not pro school. I'm pro the sport. And if you're going to be pro the sport, then you have to say we've got to find ways that work for both sides in this conversation. Right. And and whatever entity replaces the NCAA needs to have the teeth to be able to be pro both. The problem with the NCAA is for so long they were so, let's be honest, anti-player and pro school that they've become useless because in order to go after these programs, they have to go after the schools guys. The NCAA is made up of the schools. If we support them going after Michigan, what happens when those things get turned on us? Right. It's masochism, which is why you shouldn't have the NCAA being, being ruled by the schools that it creates. It's, it's like, uh that's going to be a political conversation so i'm not going to go there but you can't you can't be in negotiations against yourself it just it's never going to go well you know what i mean there has to be an entity that's above the schools and above the players that's looking out for the game and if they can find that then i think there's a chance it it can it can get fixed but yes the ncaa is a bunch of cowards always have been cowards and greedy cowards and they're not going to do it i just that's why i say Ryan, i'll be shocked if they
1: put any teeth to what happened in michigan shocked yeah absolutely shocked. and you don't don't have any faith in in the ncaa doing anything that's all no. i i think mean, i think right. you'll be happier without the expectation because if then yeah. if it does happen you're like yeah wow they proved me wrong if it doesn't happen you won't be let down so don't yeah. let yourself down
0: yep
2: yeah again cindy I, I think your point is accurate i just don't think it's going to happen
1: Sloppy Joe, not sure if this has been asked, but have either of you heard of the allegations against uh, Keyshawn Boutte stemming from his LSU days illegal gambling? Will the potential sanctions give BK a reason to leave? That just came out, right? Like apparently there was a post about this earlier. I'm not. I'm been, not familiar with on this people.
2: one. Yeah,
1: someone. Um, someone in. I'm in a group chat, and someone dropped it in. Apparently, there is a player being arrested in a legal sports gambling probe, and apparently, it is. He placed over eight thousand nine hundred bets on the account that he was on. So there's a crap. high volume, but I have not um I've not dug deep into the situation yet. But apparently there's a a lot of teeth behind it, <laughs> to say the least. That's
2: interesting. Um, I mean, it would just it, uh, what that would I mean again, based on past record, I, I don't think that they would come down and hammer LSU as much as it would be about vacating wins that that guy was a part of. Right. You know, and um, so I, I don't know that that would do a whole lot to LSU, right? I mean, they would, again, they would have to. I mean, that, that, here's the thing, Ryan. If they start looking into this kid's experience at LSU, just leave it at that. Yeah. There's a lot they're going to find, in my opinion. So if you're LSU, yes. <laughs> they come to you with this, you own it, and you say, we'll take whatever you do, because you and I have heard some stuff about yeah. some activities that Keyshawn Boutte was a part of that would look very bad for the coaching staff if it got found out and uh, i still don't think i still don't know how that guy's employed at lsu (laughs) i I just don't understand that but that's a different story for a different day so now the thing is it did happen during kelly's tenure i mean he was there for a year but kelly disciplined him a lot i'll give him that they they they, they disciplined him a lot and and so you know, you could say, "Hey, we were only here a year. We 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 had all these issues with this kid. We disciplined this kid. We had no idea what was going on." And I, guys, look, I, I dis- despise Brian Kelly. If Brian Kelly knew a player was gambling, I can assure you he would have dealt with that immediately. Yeah, like that's immediately. Like that's so, fair. I think if they were to dig into it, the, if LSU just hey look, we'll vacate every every win that this kid was a part of. We'll vacate them all, and yep. you can give us, but just don't look into things further. <laughs> Because that's when it could get a little hairy for this, yep. uh, the, the program.
1: Kids are, the kid's a waste of talent, by the way. Kishan Yo, Lute, such a talented kid.
2: It's a shame. Big time. Big time. That, oh boy. that When you start getting into gambling, man. See, like, this is my thing, too, is because we need to have a real honest conversation about gambling. Because you can't, I just, I despise people just get so bent out of shape about players are gambling. And I'm like, well, if gambling is such a bad thing. And I, I, I understand the premise because, if a player gets you know bought out, he's, he can throw the game. And I totally understand yep. that, but yep. it's like, you want to bet on professional sports. Fine. I just have a big issue with the idea of gambling on college sports, just in general. You know what I mean? Cause if we're going to say these guys are amateurs, right. Then it just, I have a whole different, I have a whole different issue with that because then if you can't gamble on college sports legally, then, you know, then we don't have this issue, but this is a thing that they're going to find out because gambling has become so much easier. Now, Ryan, with all these apps and platforms that it's just like, man, it's I almost kind of feel like they need to use sets. They need to use someone because like Iowa State and Iowa had this issue over the summer and it kind of got brushed under the rug because it's Iowa and Iowa State. But if it happens to a program like they almost need to kind of have a sacrificial lamb, so to speak, to kind of scare the rest of the kids in college football, like, hey, guys, this is not this is serious. You know what I mean? Like you can't do this, and th- look what happened to this kid or this team or whatever else. you're almost kind of going to have to do that because it, it's just it's going to get worse and worse and worse because it's so much easier for these kids to do this and create fake accounts and you know have it be some I mean it's just so much easier to do it now it's
1: It's concerning right. Backup says, does Notre Dame go into the portal for another Hog mala at defensive tackle, or will Sean Savolano be that guy next year?
2: Well, number one, I don't think going to the portal is necessarily the answer because there's not going to be anybody in the portal right now that you're going to have a shot at that's going to move the needle. Look, you've got you've already you're talking about replacing at best your third defensive tackle, right? He's not a starter. He was not going to be a starter this year. You do have Riley Mills and Howard Cross. Jason Onye played a lot of snaps. Donovan Hyeshin played a decent amount of snaps. Plus, you have two uh, rising sophomores and Devin Houston and Norman Mukum who are pretty good players, and you have Sean Sevillano, Sevillano. So to your point, to, to the question I should say, Ryan, there's still a chance, too, that, that Gabriel Rubio Rubio's back in the fall. But even yeah. if he's not, I, I don't think that's an issue. Now, if there was a dude out there, sure, go get that dude. But I don't know that there's that guy out there that would move the needle. There's, I would much rather them yeah. develop the guys that they have right now. In my view. I,
1: I think I think there's a couple of big ends too that body type might be able to transition there as well. Brennan like Vernon. I think of Brennan Vernon, I think of Tyson Ford. Yeah. Like there's a couple of guys that could also fit yeah. that mold as well. So.
2: Yeah, and if you want to talk about the hog molly type, like the 300 pound type for Rubio, again, I think there's some guys that can fill fill that void. I think obviously Janos is, is one, but I could see Devin Houston putting on 10 pounds this off season and yeah. being a guy that that fits into that as well. So uh, I just I. I'm not opposed to going to the portal at certain spots. I think this is one position where Notre Dame is pretty deep with young, talented players. And I, and because we're not talking about the need for a starter, it'd be different, Ryan, if it was like you need a starter. We're talking yep. about a depth guy. I would much rather develop the younger players for those 15 snaps a game that Gabriel was giving you than to go out and get a portal guy, right? Sure. Just because of who we're talking about. And um, so I would I would much, much rather see them – develop the young tech. Cause I, I really like the young talent on the roster. Right. I, I do. I think there's a lot of potential there, especially when you include like the two edge players that could move inside. Like you talked about between Jason Onye, Donovan Heinish, Devin Houston, Armo Mukum, Sean Savillano, Brennan Vernon and Tyson Ford. That's a lot of talent. You can't find two guys, three guys out of that. Uh, you should know, be able to. I think you yep. should be able to absolutely. Yep. Agreed. So uh, that's right. Ryan, that my friend is going to do it for today's show. So, all right,
1: well, yeah. folks, if you missed oh, our first conversation, or, I yep.
2: missed one. I missed one from Matt Ginther. Sorry okay. about Matt that. Ginther. Matt.
1: Matt Ginther's question. Do we have room for all these dudes? Mark Zachary, Dallas Golden, Devin Williams, four offensive linemen, four wide receivers, four linebackers.
2: I, I don't, I don't know that they can, I mean, like, I think they'll make room. Honestly, I, I, I do. Do they have room right now? It would take a lot of work. Yeah, uh, so you're talking about adding three corners, four linemen, four receivers, four linebackers. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to have a loss somewhere. I could see them taking one less linebacker, maybe going with true, two true inside guys, and then you have that that hybrid guy and Dominic Hulick. I could see them only taking three offensive linemen in this class, depending on how things shake out. Like if they land uh, two of Strebig, Lang, and Matty Augustine, Ryan, and the miss on the third, could I see them maybe not expanding the board right now? because they have such a young roster. I could see that. You know, I could see yeah. there's areas where you could kind of overcome those numbers. And, you know, like there's a, depending on who you take, I I'm fine. If they only take three receivers in this class, depending on who you take, if you take Jerome Bettis jr needs to be four, but yeah, if you don't three. take him, I'm going with three, you know what I mean? Like there's the, so there's don't take a second tight end in this class. You know what I would do if I was Notre Dame, honestly, Ryan at tight end, I would be like, hey, Ryder Lions, you're our guy at tight end. And by the way, when your brother gets back from his mission, if he's not completely sold at being at USC, tell him to give us a call. You know what I mean? Like that dude, he was a good player, man. I really liked yeah, his brother. Yeah. Yep. So and he, and he never, I mean, he was at USC, I think, for a semester and then went on a Mormon mission. So he he, you know, he could he could be fair game. I mean, that's that's what I would do. But I, I think tight end depth, they're 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 pretty good there unless you lose somebody. So there's places they can take a num they can take a, you know. One. And if you don't get Jadon Blair, I'm not taking a third safety. I mean, of the guys on the board right now, there's nobody else I want besides Jadon Blair right now. Yep. so I think there's some places you could make the numbers work, Ryan. But look, guys, we have to understand this is a different era of college football, and Notre Dame is fortunately waking up to it really quickly and saying we're going to lose players. Someone's going to jump in the portal. We need to be willing to have tough conversations with kids that are here because we're going to continue to make sure that we have the numbers we need and we have the impact talent we need because the only way they take this many numbers at every position is if it's dudes. That's the reason that's the thing. So like I just said, Hey, they only take three receivers. But then if DJ Sanders is like, you know what? I think I'd want to come to their name or Josh Betty. Come on. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. We're back to four. Right. So that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're only going to take three receivers, said by receivers, no, I, I oh, might Okay. Have, Okay. But if 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 you're going to take like three receivers and then down the road some stud wants to come because you have a great season, okay, you take four again, right? Like they're going to yeah. make it work. This staff is far more aggressive when it comes to that, and they're understanding that the game has changed and we're going to change with it, and we're going to yep. load up, we're going to keep taking dudes, and if that means some kids don't like it, then they don't like it and they leave, and we just keep recruiting over. Your numbers them. are fine. I mean, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yes, I, um, I I think, I think we're going to have to get, get used to that. That's just going to be a, that's where
1: it's at. It's going to be a big class folks. It's going to be a big class in 2025. Get ready. Yes. (laughs) Now we're done, Ryan. (laughs) Folks appreciate you all so much. If you missed the beginning conversation and talked, talked about the changing landscape of college coaching and how Notre Dame could potentially take advantage of it and how much it moves the needle. Make sure you go back to the beginning of the podcast. Missed any of the mailbag? Go back and listen to that as well. want to thank everybody that threw in questions to us today, everyone that joined us live. Before you go, if you could just hit that like button for us, we would very much appreciate it. Make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as the notification bell. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple, or anything in between, make sure you give a five-star review. Borders.irishbreakdown.com for all this latest recruiting and team intel. Come there, just hang out, talk ball, and we'll catch you guys again very soon again here, tomorrow recruiting hour, by the way. We'll check you soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.